This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space Space researchers. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF Mud, Cedric Espen, some torching the blindside blue paper once again. You can sense the top of the podium passion, the insatiable desire to go for gold, and the Tokyo tinged ambience in the sumster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth in ABC Grandstand Olympic HQ, Tokyo. The sumster is, is in, and that premiership window is wide open. Yes, it's a bludge that includes a nod to the dodge. Happy Rugby League Australia, happy Tokyo Olympics in 2021. As we lift the gaze today to 2032, it's up, up Brisbane, up, up Australia and up, up Rugby League. I can see Rugby League being part of the conversation already. Wherever I go around Tokyo, people are t- asking me, Rugby League, what is it like? What are, who's the stars of the current stars? Who's some of the historical? What are the great matches? What are the... I mean, I... I exhaust myself trying to explain it all. And can I just say a very special thank you, amongst many thank yous that I have to begin the program today here in Tokyo, to the Light of Hope people. You know, it wasn't so much the opening ceremony, which was just fantastic, but the Light of Hope people, they were the people who brought it to Australians back home. I, of course, refer to Bruce, Joanna and Hamish. I mean, it was just a tremendous, it was the best on ground, best, it was a career-defining performance from the three of them. I just thought it was just wonderful. They uh, obviously in the past have located themselves very much in the crowd, but uh, here it was in a, you know, obviously a padded cell somewhere and they got on with it and uh, I wouldn't have understood a thing that was going on without the, the big three really explaining it all to me. And on behalf of all Australians, can I thank you, Brisbane, thank you, Anastasia, thank you, Coatsy, And the words that come to mind when I mention those humbled, grateful and proud, they're the words I begin the bludge and hope, obviously, and the image of hope, et cetera, obviously goes without saying. They're the words I begin today's bludge with. To win a race where we were the only starter is a special achievement, very, very Brisbane and, dare I say it, very, very rugby league. Uh, weather in Tokyo today, sunny and 31, a beautiful, a glorious day here in Tokyo today. Speaking of rugby league, Stiggy, a.k.a. the Angry Ant, a.k.a. Carlos Smithson, a.k.a. Ricky Stewart, said post Tuesday, it wasn't us out there Thursday night. Uh, after the green machine failed to fade and lose in the final few minutes against the Parramatta Eels, the tune... Raiders 12, Eels 10. Elsewhere, Rugby League World Cup plunges into chaos as Australia and New Zealand withdraw at the 11th, uh, well, 11 minutes to midnight. Uh, Sure, it's the 11th hour, but can I suggest that uh, with the aid of correspondence to uh, obviously bludging on the blind side, that Sweden and Denmark be tapped to plug the gaps created by the no-shows from down under? I mean, that's what I've said to both the Swedish camp here in Tokyo and the uh, Danish camp 
can you put the message through that if you've got a side, for God's sake, let the organisers be known, you know, make yourself known to the organisers and get the boots on because you'll be required. Or could Rugby Union step in and fill that hole? I mean, funnier things have happened. And in good news, already flagged on the show today, the Rugby League has been considered for Brisbane 2032. And you know, I, I had a dream last night. It was a silly dream because I didn't realise the context until just now. But Australia were playing Iceland in the final for gold in 2032 and coaching Australia, obviously Freddie, he's done enough, and coaching Iceland was the man who returned to his spiritual home with the horn and everything and the clap. That's Carlos Smearson. It's an amazing image. I mean, I can't quite get it out of my mind. Lockdown plumbers and ditch diggers, grey nomads with an interest in rugby league, screen printing and Australian rural and regional horse traders carrying on through the pandemic. Welcome to Bludging on the Blind Side live from Tokyo. This is HG Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. What an incredible week. Can I dare? I wish I could translate this into Japanese, but a week when too much sport is barely enough. And, uh... Look, the crowd didn't, the absence of crowd didn't distract my enjoyment of the show last night. I mean, you know, I, I've had, I tire of streakers and big noters and fans and international dignitaries waving, wanting to get their bonces on television. No, I've had enough of that. That can all go, be consigned to the ash can of history. At last, the world could focus, focus on the meaning and tradition of the opening ceremony. Remember, the OC is something the world has seen for the best part of, well, Every four years since 1896, good or take one or two. I mean, that's a hell of a record. There's always been an OC. Uh, and last year, last night, should I say, contin- contributed a big, a big hook into that tradition. It was just fantastic. And to see the Aussies stroll out, they were welcomed by Coates and his three mates from the Brisbane, uh, the winning Brisbane bid uh, on their feet and cheering. I mean, it was, it was just wonderful. It was wonderful. They don't disappoint, do they, IOC heavyweights? Imagine Brisbane in just over a decade's time. Uh, on that night of nights, the parade of 1,700 H- Holden HQs, the pineapple puppets, the dishhead dowling and brick uh, brick with eyes leading out the parade of 5,300 registered rugby league players. I mean, I mean, you can see it now, can't you? You can see the tears of joy. You can see the pants around the ankles. You can see the lump in the throat and you can see the sloops pointing north. For almost three hours, it'll be magic. Incidentally, could the uh, Minister of Mr. Entertainment, that is the man of feathers, Peter Volandis, be seconded to run Bogaok, that is the Brisbane Olympic Games Organising Committee? Bogaok. It's a name we're going to hear a lot more of. And uh, the Brisbane uh, Olympic Games Organising Committee, Volandis has the runs on the board with racing and league. I'm sure he could do all three. He... Uh, Recently dragged the whole shebang kicking and screaming north of the Tweed. He loves Fortitude Valley. He loves the Gold Coast. He's been to Suncorp. He knows the lie of the land and everything in rugby league is travelling tickety-boo. He's got time on his hands and I put a package together. Obviously, Mr Entertainment up top. He's 2IC as former Queensland Premier and and let's not forget his excellent work with the Commonwealth Games in, in living memory. I mean, it might have been a few years ago. I'm talking about Peter Booty and... Wait till it. Wait for this one. It appears that as chairing the whole lot, casting an eye over everything in the top job, we'll have the murderer, Gillam McLaughlin. I mean, licking the lips in anticipation. I mean, he's killed off. This is the murderer. He's killed off the AFL. Imagine what he. Imagine what he'll do to the Olympics if he can get half a chance. And I'm suggesting you not get half a chance. You get a whole chance to bury the whole thing. And I'm right up behind that selection. Sadly, uh, the three rugby league hubs in Maroonland 
where, uh, you know, Mr. Entertainment has dragged the whole shebang kicking and screaming, is producing some very awkward moments, camping out in the bush with each club having its own tribal area and set up and stuff with an open barbecue pit and huts and would have been a much more sensible option and saved a lot of orcs. Now, Canberra and Parramatta played Thursday night. They're sharing digs in the same hotel and, as mentioned... Uh, well, you know, other teams, should I say, as mentioned this week, Warriors and Rabbits are crammed into the same room in that hotel. There's about 36 people in one room. They play each other, you know, in this round as well. Uh, there's no privacy to talk tactics, no chill-out space to be with your mates. Players have to be on guard all the time. They have to watch their words. They can't let anything slip. It's not, And it's not easy for league players to switch off in these conditions. Cost-cutting means that the players of both teams are crammed on to wait for it, the same Sid Fogg bus that gets a lift from the hotel to the stadium. I mean, the sledging and the fight start before the driver is on board. It's an all-in blue before the bus is rolled out of the hotel car park. Drivers are out of their depth, out of their depth. They're used to dealing with school kids, not middle-aged lunatics. I mean, it's beyond them and beneath them. Look at what happened on the sideline last week, dogs v rabbits. I mean, an innocent word taken out of context and it's all on before the oranges. Speaking of dogs, the Shakespeare of state of origin sideline, Gus Gould, has returned to the kennel of Belmore just to settle things down, and I'm glad Gus has got a firm hand on the tiller there. In the same week, the toast of New York, former Bronco Matthew Lodge, is now officially the code's richest player. In late mail, our swim team, is it the best team Australia has ever sent to the Olympics? We uh, throw up in the phone lines in a couple of hours' time and want you to get involved. Just yes or no. Don't give us your favourites, you know, don't give us what times they're going to run, etc. Who's going to do what? Just yes or no is an answer. Best team ever or no. Could be, you know, I uh, suspect it could be a clean sweep of gold. Uh, it's a super quick pool. I, I had a go at it uh, yesterday morning. I got a couple of... Uh, Hours to myself in it. It was just terrific. It is so quick. There'll be a lot of PBs, ORs and WRs in the next week. I mean, Bruce. Bruce McAvaney will have his hands full diving into the record book after every race. Elsewhere, the old gold fruit and nut rose to the occasion Saturday night at Suncorp, playing the whole match with 14. It was a revelation, wasn't it, to see Australian 14 out there and not 15. So much space. So much space. Room to move. The French did not stand a chance once uh, Marika Corbiti was sent to the plastic chair. Now, boxing and a quick note from the donkey circuit. Former champ Lovemore Nadu is on the comeback trail and has approached Team Horn and Team Undine about doing something in the charity space, uh, which is a great first step to taking on, say, noodles or the stool or the toast. Love. <laughs> Someone to do V toast. That's the one I'm looking forward to. Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. It's tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the solidly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go. And if you've got to go, get the give it another go. Well, that was the message for a week. Up, up Australia. Up, up Rugby League. Up, up Brisbane. Get in the queue for another go. Thanks very much. Sooty. Now, and if you've got something there, as mentioned already, for Australia's sake, get in the queue again. And now, uh, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf here in Tokyo Harbour, uh, let's lock horns with a man who made has made a ve- the nation a very generous offer with the turmoil in our equestrian ranks due to the recreational drug abuse. And, you know, I've been looking for years... I've been looking in the wrong spots, haven't I? Uh, there's quarantine kerfuffles. This man has offered to send the champ rooting king to Tokyo to plug a, plug a gap or to uh, get the king on a plane to come up here and plug a gap if needed. Obviously, the king would have to agree to go. You cannot force the king to do things he doesn't want to do. He's not the Queensland Premier, for God's sake. I mean, that would be inhuman to force the king to do something. We can't order him about. Those days are long gone. 
But the king has modelled himself on the great gold medal conveyance, Kaibar TikTok. He saw, seen all Kaibar TikTok, he watches them endlessly, the Kaibar TikTok videos from Barcelona. The king knows the ropes, he knows the caper, and he would not let Australia down. And this man's presentation before the IOC vote midweek was outstanding. He was last to speak, the fluff was in the bag, but he had to get the job done and bring it home to Brisbane in 2032. He read the occasion beautifully and appeared in the budgie smugglers with corks around the slouch hat, the World War II slouch hat. He handed around the golden circle pineapple in World War II Dixies that have just been uncovered from uh, somewhere north of Brisbane and presented the delegates with a gift-wrapped lump of coal before suggesting they look under their seats where they found a case of Budgner, that's Joe Bugner's Merovingian Chardonnay. It was a terrific opening. And when he began talking about Brisbane and what it meant to him and how much he felt the games coming there would just complete everything he's done in his life, everyone was rubble. It certainly made an impression. More on that later. The man who made this sensational offer about the horse, and that was to National Cabinet, and then to the presentation to the IOC is rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, can we get the blind side? bunny in motion here in Tokyo simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week and do you? Yes, <laughs> Kanishiwa, <laughs> HG and uh, happy rugby league. Happy rugby league, Tokyo. <laughs> happy rugby league, Australia. Uh, now, I, like you, have been, well, I was going to say amazed, but I've been blown away. Blown away. By um, how knowledgeable some of the Japanese are about rugby league and, and interested. I, I was astonished because uh, we've been here, oh God, how many times? Three or four times at least. Nothing. It's never come up. No. I don't know why we didn't raise rugby league before with uh, the, the people of Tokyo. It's just never been on our agenda. We've always had other issues, we've had other responsibilities. I mean,. Anyway, it came up this week. Um, the sleeping giant, I called it. Uh, yeah, I that heard didn't that. translate very well. well. I heard that. I heard that. But mm. they, they did nod as if they, you know, were following you. Um, they we uh, have suggested to me, HG, that they would be very interested in. What am I trying to say here? The Japanese love corporations. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, they do. Co- corporations. So you, you get corporations like Suntory, which is a, a, a wonderful whiskey producing. Well, they've got their own rugby team. Yes. Uh, now, what they're suggesting in Australia is that Toyota Australia would be more than happy to have a rugby league team. Uh, Mazda, similarly, Mazda, yes. w- w- would have a team. And they're wondering if we could approach... <sighs> Someone like BHP, Cadbury's. Uh, well, Cadbury's are no, I understand. They're involved with the Wallabies, obviously. Yeah. But Fortescue Metals, for example, Fortescue, could yes. have a team. So we get if we could corporatise rugby league in this way, they said it might be it might forge a new future. Their words, not mine. And I thought, well, what a fascinating it idea! Is, it is. I so we wouldn't have that. clubs like uh, you know Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs or mm-hmm. you know South City Rabbitohs or West Tigers or anything like that. It would be the you know the Toyota Rugby League team, Mazda Rugby League team, Fortescue Medals, BHP. Starting to sound good. Lithgow Small Arms Factory. You know what I mean? You'd get you'd get all these great. Australian, Australian brands, brands on the as, international yes, stage. Yes, on the international stage. And let's not forget Toyota is a great Australian brand. It is. Yeah. There's nothing more Australian than a Toyota. I'm telling you now. And when I tried to explain that to the Japanese, they were baffled by it. I know. I had to say to them, no, no, Toyota's ours. <laughs> no, 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 they said. No, 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 Mr. Roy. No, 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 Mr. Roy, you're wrong. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> 
I said. I tell you what, they like forceful, don't they? They do like forceful. Mm, they don't step away. No, 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 they don't. Mm. They don't. I find if you shout a little bit and slow your language down, they're fine. You just get nods. That's what I like. That's what I like. Now, the, as HG has alluded to, the Wallabies, the Wallabies 14, 14 heroes, uh, defeated the French, I think it was 33-30, take the series 2-1. And Cadbury's, as we've mentioned already, over the moon. Over the moon. I, I, I mean, just the, the I, again, just taking a straw poll of people I bumped into uh, or, you know, on the on the Zoomed, people I've Zoomed back in Australia mm-hmm. to see whether they've got uh, any uh, Cadbury's in their household. Everyone did. You know what surprised me was at the airport when I had to yes. obviously show my passport and yeah, so on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just produced a block of old gold fruit and Did nut, you? And the guy said the wallabies. Yes. Ah, there was you the, are. I know. And he recognised he recognised the chocolate as wallabies, as wallabies. not Cadbury's. No. I thought that's pretty good. That's very that branding, good. branding, tight that's, fit. That, that's very, very good. Mm. Speaking of the Wallabies, Wallaby winger Cora Corabides. Well, as you What's mentioned, he was, he was sent off in the opening few minutes and it was later deemed a mistake by World Rugby. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. But uh, as we were saying privately when we were talking about this particular match, HG, it uh, did free up a lot of space, oh, for, space for the Wallabies' attack. Yeah, it did. You know, I've, I've been saying for years now the Wallabies are better when they've only got 12 on the field. <laughs> there are fewer handling errors, aren't there? They're less ambitious and more focused. That's what I like. Anyway, food for thought. Ricciardo, fifth in the British Grand Prix. His teammate Norris, third. I don't know what we're going to do with Ricciardo in this car, this McLaren. He just can't get it quick enough. No, terrible. Yeah, they given him the slow car, the dud. Wouldn't surprise me. Now, Cam Smith was 33rd in the British Open. I think Cam might be an Olympic hero. Uh, and I think Adam Scott was 46th. I don't think Adam's here in Tokyo. I don't think, uh, I think it's Leishman and Smith. It's Leishman and Smith, my understanding. I, I think they're our Olympic here team. Yeah. Uh, so they did reasonably well, but, uh, you know, could have been better. Uh, ben O'Connor is fourth in the Tour de France, and God, there are a lot of raps on this game. I know, they say you can go all the way. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Future champion. Future <clears throat> champion. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great to carry on the spirit, as we might have mentioned last week, of Cadell Evans? Cadell Evans, yeah. We never forget of Cadell Evans. He's got some sort of... What's he doing now? Oh, he's got, got sponsorship? Some, no, he's got some Cadres? sort of Cadell Evans museum. Museum, good. Yeah. Good. Why hasn't corporate Australia reached out to Cadell Evans? <clears throat> Why isn't he the face of 42 medals or... Bow repair. Bow repair. Bow repair. I know. See, Big Bow... Big Bow... Doesn't cut good. it anymore. No, he doesn't. Haven't seen Big Bow in a long time. Is Bow repair still with us? Oh, I think so. Good because they could sponsor a team. Uh, now, Alex Carey is our new ODI captain. This is cricket. Now, uh, AB thought he was rubbish. This is Alan Border. And uh, so much, I mean, he went on and on about it, so much so that Alex phoned AB up to see, you know, what was what, going what, on? what's your problem with him, dude? And uh, AB explained that he sorry, mate, I've got to call it as I said, I just think you're rubbish. <laughs> Um, he said, oh, well, what can I do about it? And he said, well, as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you're just rubbish, aren't you? And if you're rubbish and you go into the mirror and you see yourself and you just look like rubbish, well, you're rubbish. That, that's all there is to it. Now, I'm busy. I've got some, something else to do. See you later. Okay, bye. Ah, so that was that. Anyway, he's turned the Australian one-day game around. Oh, it's just amazing. He's, he's got uh, at least Stark is starting to oh, hit the, his mark. Hazelwood is incredible. They're, they're, both of them are listening. I oh, know. You know, they weren't listening to Finch. No. Well, who does listen to Finch? 
I don't listen to Finch. No. I don't know if you've ever spoken to Finch, but it's like you know, a black hole. You know, you can spend an hour with Finch, he walks away and someone will say to you, what was Finch talking about? Dunno. Dunno. I mean, he doesn't shut up, but you don't hear anything. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing with Finch. I mean, I like him. Don't oh, get me wrong. He's true. You couldn't meet a nicer bloke. No. And if so friendly. I know. And if you're on the Hay Plane. Yes, he'd, he'd car, stop. He'd, he'd, he'd stop. He'd change your tyre for you. Would. Suggest where the nearest bar yep. of Perry is off you with would. a pot of old gold fruit. That's and that. exactly right. And as soon as he drove, drove off, he'd say, well, what did he who say? Who was that? Who was that bloke? Yeah. What did he say? Where were we meant to go? <laughs> Bo who? Did he mention there's a boat? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the whole team lifted with Carey. I'm swinging right behind this Carey bloke. Uh, now, Sam Mitchell, the next coach of Hawthorne, wants current coach Alistair Clarkson to go early. And Alistair Clarkson, quite rightly, doesn't want to. He's got another year to go. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have two coaches who obviously don't like each other mm-hmm. sitting side by side coaching Hawthorne. That makes it very awkward. It does. Who's the team going to listen to? Mm. New coach Walker or old coach... Campbell. I know. What happens when Aaron what Finch ha- comes along? Yeah. What happens if they, if they disagree? I mean, I just don't know. This is a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I know. Absolute <laughs> recipe for disaster. I don't know who's in charge at the moment of Hawthorne, but they need to uh, take a long, hard look at themselves. Now, Andrew's uh, Celtic, well, a draw in their first draw, outing with, right. with Andrew's coach. Well, yeah, I mean, it could have been worse. They could have really got bashed up by this uh, third-grade team from... Uh, the Netherlands. Uh, it was a Netherlands mm. team. Yeah, yeah, just an ordinary club team. But anyway, could have been a lot worse. It wasn't. 1-1, one, one, I think, was the uh, the result there. Now the uh, Jamel Charlo, Brian Castano super fight ends in a draw. <laughs> you don't often see that in a super no, fight, do you? you no, special. I had... At least I had some money on yeah, a I had draw. money on a draw. Yeah. Um, I have forgotten who put me onto that. It might have been Finchy. Can't remember. Anyway, uh, we, we did uh, quite well there, but it, the problem is it puts Tim Zoo's challenge on hold. I know. On abeyance. I know. So Tim Zoo's got to wait for these two clowns to find out. Find a victor. Yeah. And he can pick on the bloke who didn't win uh, with a view to getting on getting a chance at the bloke who did win. I know. That's odd, isn't it? It's odd, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you go straight to the bloke who did win, but you You're imagine not allowed. the bloke who did win isn't going to want to go with Zoo because he's too good. <sighs> I tell you what news that uh, I found uh, well, shocking. It's not often I use the word shocking on this program. First time this year. First time in two years. I was shocked to learn that uh, Quade Cooper is not an Australian citizen. No, when you told me this, I just couldn't believe I it. I couldn't believe it. How many tests for Australia? 70 tests 70... for Australia as a wallaby. Yeah, this is obviously the pre-Cadbury, you know, when yeah, they were quarters. Yeah. When they were flying. Yeah, <laughs> really flying as wallabies. Anyway, Quade Cooper, you know, seventy tests, not an Australian, and was denied citizenship just last week. Put in his papers, in signed by everyone, you know, signed by people who knew him. You know, fin- I know Quade. Finch, Finchy signed it. Yeah, did he? Yeah, Finchy signed it. You know, I don't know. Coachy, Coachy signed, signed it. As far as I know. So I'm going to. Uh, I'm asking for a poll for people in Australia who are listening to the program. If you think Quade Cooper should be made an Australian citizen or allowed to be an Australian citizen, just say yes. If not, say no. Uh, we don't need any justification or anything no, no, like no, that. No, just, we understand. Just, just yes or no. 
uh, on the text. Now, can you remember when Quaid went to New Zealand to play, obviously, in the Bledisloe? Yeah, yeah, he did. And he was in the bad books? Yes, he and was. And co- copped a lot of flack he from did, the crowds. from the Wallaby. Uh, sorry, from, from, from the, the All Blacks, the All Black crowd. Yeah, they hated him. They hated his they guts. They spat on him and they, they, did. they spat on his him. car. And they hated his out. guts. They did. And then... And yet he's and, one of them. I know. I know. No wonder, we didn't, no wonder we didn't win there. No, it hadn't occurred to me that might have been a bit of fifth column work going on. Would have been. Would have been. Would have been. I mean, you can take the boy out of New Zealand, but you can't take New Zealand out of the boy. That's what they say. That's what Finchie told me. I think he did. I think he said something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, it's been a wonderful week for the greatest game of all. Ryan Pappenhausen's back for the store, mate. She's not great news. That is tremendous well, news. Uh, you know, I'd forgotten all about Pappenhausen. Mm. Um, Even Pappenhausen had. Yeah, everyone had forgot about Pappenhausen because they don't earth a, a fullback who's who is quite good. Well, better, <laughs> better. <laughs> anyway, they've got to find a spot for Pappenhausen, I suppose now. Uh, but it's good to have him back. I think it might have been might have been uh, concuss concussion issues. Right. With, Serious concussion. I think so. I think mm. so. Anyway, Ryan, we wish you all the best um, and look forward to seeing you play. I, I, I think you might have been on the bench last night, but I don't think you ran on. Uh, now, warrior Kane Evans is admonished by the NRL for putting swear words on his wrist strapping. I saw that. They were dirty <coughs> words. I know, actually. the dirty words. Very you, dirty words. I know. They'd, uh, old Norse words. I know. See, rugby league. Yeah. Funny old yeah, it's as if you only put something on your wristband if you want to be reminded of something. What did he want to remind himself of? That what he keeps forgetting how to swear? Yeah, I think so. Is that I mean, it? You know, when the uh, team gathers, yes, and they have read out the right act. Yeah. Basically, you know, you can't go off to Vaughnies afterwards for yeah, this yeah, up yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Do they ever address the use of swear words? Like we don't want, we don't want people. I've no idea. Yeah, I've no idea. Is that something they've got to put but on? But I list? would rather see on the wristband. Don't go out. Don't go out after the game. Yeah. No yeah. beers after the game. No smuggling girls no into smuggling the ring. Go- yes. Well, speaking of which, uh, now all teams and families that have, ro- well, they've all relocated to southeast Queensland, but they're on a last chance warning. Last now, chance warning. Can I just be yes. devil's advocate? How often have they been on a last, cha- last chance warning? Is this the 400,000 times? For about six months. Time? For about six months. Yeah, about 400,000th yeah, time I this think is so. the last chance. Yeah. Look at the last chances. They said originally that if anybody broke the uh, hub That's area, right. they'd go. First person out was Wayne Bennett. That's right. Because he'd got... Oh, that's his... you went out of Leichhardt to yeah, have a spaghetti. Yeah, chicken carbonara. Chicken or carbonara, so. something like that, yeah. <laughs> we was followed up with a bit of spaghetti. Yes, that's right. Uh, and then there might have been dessert involved as well. And I think Vaughnie was out on that rampage as yeah, well. Yeah, Vaughnie was there. Yeah, 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 that's right. Anyway, this time it's uh, Curacao. I think he was fined 35 grand. He was. And the reason why he was fined that, because his offence occurred before Gyaro. Mm. Gyaro, yeah. So they'd set a precedent with Gyaro for smuggling members of the opposite sex into hubs. Yes. Was worth 35,000. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, 35 grand. But people are But I think uh, I think Curacao tried to do it twice. <laughs> Lord. Twice. Yeah. I mean, I don't, where is this going? Look, I fully understand. Look, I understand needs. Yeah. I understand what we used to call, and we still call, rugby league needs. <laughs> rugby league drives. Drives, yeah. I, I've often said, H.G., and I've said this to you privately, and I say it today publicly. Nobody falls in love faster than a rugby league player. No, it's true. 
It's I think true. University tests love, have established it. Love stalks them. Stalks them. <laughs> doesn't it? Love stalks them. And, you know, when love whispers in your ear, it's very hard to ignore it. You know, when love whispers in your ear and the word spreads to your trouser, <laughs> it's very difficult to ignore it. I know. I know. <laughs> the needs and wants. Oh, the needs. And rugby league. I know. It's just incredible. Make of that what you will. Every hour of the day, somewhere in the world, a rugby league referee's whistle is being blown. <laughs> Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. And, of course, in uh, Tokyo, there's an avalanche of events. They keep going. We've got the road race on at the moment. We'll try and keep across that. I think they've got 230 kilometres to go. Uh, <clears throat> uh, 220 kilometres to go, and uh, it looks like a great course, Roy. I don't know quite. Uh, it does. It's a challenge. A yeah, I bumped into Phil Liggett. Yes. Um, did he like the course? He did like the course. Mm-hmm. He loves Japan. I oh, know. He's been there many times. Many, many times he's mm-hmm. been here. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Now, <clears throat> can I just say very disturbing news mm-hmm. came this week. Yeah. A sports marketing company contracted to the NRL has refused to refund substantial sums paid for corporate hospitality at the third State of Origin match, right. which was obviously scheduled to be played, at, remember, at, uh, in Newcastle at McDonald Jones Stadium. Yes, that's right. Over by the, the Queen in 1973. 1973. <laughs> yes. Now, when What, people were, paid for corporate mm, boxes? Yeah, when the match was... Yeah. transferred uh, to the Gold Coast Seba Stadium as a result of New South Wales COVID outbreak. Fans who paid as much as $14,500 mm-hmm. for a private box at Nukes yeah. uh, were told the money was not refundable. In- instead, they were offered alternatives, some of which were unacceptable, such as Wallabies versus Argentina match in Newcastle in September or a future origin match in Sydney. I mean, how galling is that, Roy? Mm. Yeah, now, it's, <clears throat> not as, it's not as... It's not worth as much, is it, really? What, what about a... Um, Oh, I don't know. Knights v. Broncos. What about a Knights v. Broncos? Yeah. uh, One where you're guaranteed a win for the Knights. Yeah. Or A-League. A-League games. Yeah, A-League. Jets v. You know, the Mariners are great. Sure, F1 F1 Derby, I think they call that. That'd be terrific. Yeah. Look, what do you make of these sort of things? I mean, is a caveat emptor, as in buyer beware, Mm. anybody who's mad enough to pay $14,500 to sit on a seat in a private box at Nukes. Yeah. <clears throat> for origin, is is there well certifiably mad? As far yeah. As How many fit in that box? Each? Oh, she four? about a hundred. Oh. <laughs> about a hundred. Well, when you amortise that, it's only about what one hundred and forty-five bucks each. True. It's not too bad. No. So, Throw in the parking or the travelling there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but <clears> it's a bad look. It's a bad look for the uh, whoever the organisers are, and it's a bad look for the stadium. And the NRL. Yes. Is the NRL interested in ripping off patrons? No, well, I wouldn't have thought up, so. No, putting up an event that rips off patrons? Yeah. I, I, I just don't get it. I just don't like it. Yeah. Now, unless, just, unless, you know, they signed a contract, actually, that said, should this game be transferred elsewhere, you will not get your money back. I mean, maybe the contract said that. You mean a person buying a ticket? Yes. I mean, maybe it written in small maybe print. Maybe written in very small print, print on, on the, the back t- of the ticket. Okay. If the game's not on, you lose your money. Now, in the correspondence the nine newspapers have seen, the NRL advised a, dis- a disappointed client of the IPL's fine print. Unfortunately, there's very little direct influence that the NRL can have in this situation. Yes. The terms and conditions, as you point out, state mm. that the agent has no obligation to provide a refund in the event of cancellation. Uh, also, oh, I mean, look, oh, this is a fun. warning yeah, yeah, yeah. to anybody who's Don't you hate a- lawyers? Yeah, and isn't this hey. a... Well, hey, 
I mean, who comes up with this nonsense? I, I, I mean, you, you, you walk into a shop, you want to you want a block of Cadbury's chocolate. I'll go for it. No, I'll go for Mr. it. No, thank you very much. Yes. They give it to you. You walk outside, you open it up, and there's nothing in there. So you go back in. Then you say, look, I've been ripped off. And you didn't buy it. There's no chocolate in here. Read the fine print. Some of these blocks don't have nothing in them. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> You've got to be very careful. You know, under on these terms, it would be almost impossible, and especially given the movable feast yeah. of uh, rugby especially league in these troubled times. Actually, troubled times, that's with, it. With COVID, lockdown, how often uh, you can get out? Very rarely. I know. And and, and here you out. do, you do get a chance to go out. You know, you know your community's safe. Mm. It's COVID-free. Mm. You know, you've been in lockdown. You've paid mm. the price. You've mm. done. You've done the hard, hard yards. yards. And then you come out. You sit down. You go to your box. It's cost a fortune. And you want your rugby league to start, and it doesn't. It doesn't. I know. Lights aren't even on. No one else there. Just you and your 99 loser mates. The Rural and Regional Anzac Mothers Association supports the September the 8th March on National Rugby League Day. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. <clears throat> yes. Now... How'd you feel last night, Roy? Proud. Mm, proud. When those Aussies came through. And proud listening to uh, to uh, Bruce and Joanna. Yeah, no, it was And terrific. Hamish. Yeah. And Umi Kaguchi, who mm. did a great job as well and really mm. gave insight into what, how, it, means to be what it means to be Japanese. Yes. Mm. Very proud. And did, was there anything there that you thought, well, put that in the back pocket yeah. for 2032? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, I thought the, uh, the use of the drones, the drone oh. globe... Brilliant. That was just astonishing, yeah, actually. I, do, I, I couldn't believe it. Mm. I couldn't believe it happening in front of me. Mm. It was just so... Drone art's a big... Drone art is, is going to go through uh, the roof. And, and I'm pretty sure that Australian drone artists... It's the best in the world. ...will be the best in the world. Yeah. Yes. And what sort of we'll images... Do a, we'll do a big rugby league, a big student. I tell you what, no, big I, oh, it'll be way better than that, Roy. Oh, it'll no, be a that's match. just the start. It's yeah, a steeden that'll be turn into off. A, it'll turn into a block of chocolate and then go back into a steeden again and then into a Datsun 180B and then into a Toyota. <laughs> yeah? Ah, now I'm liking it. Yes. <clears throat> what I have in mind, of course, is with Rugby League front and centre in 2032 mm. is some of the heroes. Yeah. Instead of having them walk out in ill-fitting suits, yes. you have them playing as drones. Wow. As constructed from drones. So if you, as I mentioned, Dishhead Dowling. Yes. It's a big job to get the drones to look like Dishhead Dowling, but it can be done. It can be done. Of course it can be done. Can oh, be. that would be brilliant if you could have a big head of Thorpey appear. Wow. And then, over the edge of the stadium. Over the edge of the stadium. And then it tra- transmogrifies. And it, yeah, it transmogrifies into, into say, uh, Nate Miles. There's a big head. <laughs> There's a big head looming over you. Isn't it? That would scare people. And then it morphs into something else. I mean... I mean, sky's the limit here. It is. It is. It is. I and mean, I, I don't want to give the planners any ideas. I yeah. mean, I'm sure they've got their own ideas. Yeah, no, of course they have. You know, they, they might have. start with the canimbla <laughs> floating yeah. over us. Can, can, I, can I ask, though, what I was trying to get to was mm. we talk a lot, and you and I have been on shows, panel shows, where we've talked a lot about the opening ceremonies we've seen and what mm. the content, yeah. the subtext, the... Oh, medicine, yeah. mise-en-scene mm. indicates about the society that we're in, where we're headed yes. and so on. Yep. Now, yep. <clears throat> themes that emerge from that. Politeness. Politeness, yeah, true. Yeah. Don't make a row. No, no. Politeness, order, simplicity. Mm-hmm. Paper folding. Elegance. 
decency. Yeah. These were, and hope. Keith Urban. Keith Urban performed very well. That yeah. uh, He did that, uh, that uh, John Lennon song. Yeah, that, that now they're suggesting was co-written by Yoko Ono. And that was the reason they chose it, HG, because it had that Japanese influence. Oh, you said, I didn't hear Bruce make that. Yes, note. Bruce made that point, as did Joanna, mm-hmm. uh, as did Hamish. Uh, he, Hamish said it's one of his, his, his favourite Ono songs, <laughs> which sat me right back. <laughs> Such insight. Yeah, but Keith did a great job. He held the note well. Uh, he didn't embarrass Australia at all. No. You know, he looked professional, mm-hmm. although he did look a little smudgy and I don't know if that's, again, the, the Channel 7 camera work. I don't know. Well, they're just taking pool pictures, really. Oh, I don't think I think the uh, the days where they could send up their own crew are long oh, gone. gone. Yeah, you're right. Long you're gone. Right. Who yeah. knew how to focus. Yeah. I, mean, and, I, give that I think it was pre-recorded. 7. I think that bit was pre-recorded. Yeah, true. You true. Know, the, the four singers representing true. the four continents or whatever it was. I mean, it was very moving. Mm. It's a very moving song. You know, it's a song that has a message that baffled me in the context of all these nations coming out being proud of their nations and here you've got a song that's the theme of the games, the mood of, suggesting there should be no nations. So that the only nation that that song spoke to... Is the people of the earth. ...were the Russians who were (laughs) marching marching under under no flag. (laughs) They were the only ones who took on the spirit of Imagine, Yoko Ono style. Man. Now, the announcement... Mm. I mean, did you think it was slightly confected, given that there was only one? Confected? <laughs> what? <laughs> opening ceremonies? Yeah. Confected? No. What, what I was getting to is pre-opening ceremony, the announcement that 2032 oh, yeah. was going to be Brisbane. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I suppose. Never been prouder. No. Never no. been prouder. And what's weird is uh, I've got some information to suggest that we've known that we, Brisbane was going to get the nod since mm. April. Yes, that's right. And uh, Everyone knew, apart from the people of Brisbane. Didn't they? <laughs> and, Everyone uh, knew, the whole world knew. And the Prime Minister, of course. Prime Minister knew. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't say anything. No, he sent that tape just on the off chance. On the off, yeah. That yeah. they got it. Well, just for form's sake. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just he did for another one that said, yeah. oh, what a blow. We didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a blow. Um, now, look, can I just uh, take a quick break and come back to mm-hmm. the problems of hub life? And, you know, I know I haven't. Obviously, we're not allowed to roam in, in in and out of the village at will. No, we can't. Because, you know, we're on the commentating end of the spectrum yep. and not on the performing end of the spectrum. But yep. it is, the village is great. Mm-hmm. And then it leads me to the thing of all the meals are pre-prepared. Yes. And then we come back to hub life in Australia. And I mm. just want to compare and contrast. Oh, yeah. The, uh, on the Gold Coast, we have, you know, obviously NRL stars and their families confined to their hotel accommodation. And prepared meals. Mm. There's no cooking. Who's providing them, HG? Is it NRL provided or provided by the establishment in which they're staying? Very good question. Yeah. I can't answer that. No. I suspect they're an outside catering firm. Oh, okay. Who probably have their, uh, you know, ovens yeah. in, uh, say, Tanunda in South Australia and drive the food up. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, in so refrigerated vans. <laughs> that's right. Then okay. they're preheated off-site. Oh, okay. And good. allowed to cool down nicely and delivered yeah, Uber Eats style. Got it. Now, some families had to wait three hours for a cold serving of bacon and eggs. No way. So they expected to get... These rugby league minutes. players yeah, and their families, yeah. three and a half hour wait for bacon and eggs, and it'd be cold. Exactly. Things didn't get any better when lunch was delivered at about 1pm. Mm. On the menu were some soggy sweet potato fries... Oh, I hate that. ...and dry chicken 
tenders. I'm not sure what tenders are. Tenderloins, I guess. Okay. Mm. They, yeah, fried, yeah. While the, while the children were served a slightly more appetising offering of chicken nuggets and chips. Oh, they'd have loved that. Kids love chicken nuggets. Dinner was something resembling vegetarian, resembling mm. vegetarian bo- uh, bolognese, we think. Oh. Now, this isn't just good enough. This is just <sighs> not good enough. What about, what about the <clears throat> bloke on meat, salt and water? How's oh, he faring? He, oh, Lord, I'd forgotten all about him. Yeah. To I mean, are his needs being serviced? Yeah. Terps, mytho, bleach and hand sanitizer in equal parts. Try it. What have you got to lose? This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Ah, uh, yes. <clears throat> I tell you what I like about eating in Tokyo, HG, mm-hmm. is you're given photographs of what you're going to get. I know. And it makes it so much simpler. Mm-hmm. You don't have to understand the name. You just point. Mm, I know. It's good like that. It's great like that. And can I just say that food here is exceptional. Yes. I don't know how they do it. And no, to, nor me. And to produce the sort of... And often I don't know what I'm getting. I just know no, what no. it looks like. Mm, you know? and, mm. But I know what I point at, that's what I'm going to get. Yeah. It's going to look exactly like that. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. And what do you think about the, uh, you know, how being here for a while. I mean, I know mm. this fly-in, fly-out games. Yeah. It doesn't affect us because we're here for the duration. Sure. Um, you know, do you think that athletes will find it difficult, the circumstances of these games, rather than be able to settle in, mm. set up their room on the cardboard bed, put up their knickknacks, and yeah. have a little bit of home there? Sure. You know, otherwise it gets a bit like one of your those hotels that we find hard to stay in. Oh, yeah. You know, the, uh, yeah, just yeah. the very cramped conditions. Yeah, yeah. I feel very sorry for them, HG, because they're not going to – you know, it's funny when you're using chopsticks for the first time, for example, mm. which a lot of our athletes will be doing. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's, it's a, bo- yes, it's a right. bonding that's thing, a, you know, because right. some of them in the team are going to know and we'll demonstrate for them and show them how, how, to, how to do it. Mm-hmm. Th- that's a skill they're going to come away – Without, they're yeah, just not so, going to have. Yeah, they're going to have. And a that fork. bleeds through to every other aspect of the cultural experience that they're going to miss, yeah. which I think is a, a great shame. A it, great shame. It is, and of course, going, all they're going to have is a couple of selfies in various locations that aren't going to mean anything. No, it is hard. That's true. There's no contact between the no. people in the no. a, a teams and the world around them. Yes, and of course, it's such an engaging place. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, I've mentioned this. Remember that bookshop we went to last time we were here that had people's places and cheese. Remember that? I do. I had a tear in my eye. I yeah. And then I came out bawling. I know you did. I, it was just too much to yeah. think that Japanese people are interested in Australian, in Australian cheese, cheese and cheese makers yes. from about 1950 to 1960. Exactly. I mean, it was just. It was astonishing. It was astonishing. Yeah. And you know, I had, after that, there was another moment, oh, I, mm. I should make it quick. Yes. Um, where people asked, are you in any way mm-hmm. related to the person who put this out? And I had to. Well, I had to say yes, yes, I was. Yes, you were. It was incredible. Yeah, it incredible. was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. The, 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 the chances were... Enormous. Well, you could never yeah. get a bet on it. No, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> listen, we'll take a short break. Uh, remember the score here in the Kookaburras, the hockey, uh, Australia 5 and Japan 3, and I understand that we've been beaten in the softball, women's softball. By Canada? Yeah, by Canada. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> Space. China. Rugby League, Australia, join the dots. It is your future. Imagine the Shanghai SARS slugs packing down against the Footscray funnel webs on Mars for the Volandis Cup. Or 
all future intergalactic fixtures on Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, welcome back to the Bludging on the Blind Side, live from Tokyo. Uh, on day one of competition, uh, after an extraordinary opening ceremony last night, it was, it was just fantastic. I'm here with Roy, and uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, 0467920222, that's 0467920222, or old style, royandhg at abc.net.au, and the following people have, Roy. Yes, they have. Just on the text... Uh the number of people who want Quade Cooper to be an Australian citizen, seven. <laughs> Those who don't want him to be allowed to be an Australian citizen, six. Gee. It's close. Very it? close. Very close. Gee, that stage. is a terrific poll. And we thank everybody for getting yeah. involved with that poll. Yeah, we could keep it open for another hour. I think we should. Well, I think we should. And yeah. give the result next week. Yeah, we can send it through to, Kay, to Quade <laughs> once we get off air. Now, Darren's been in, in, uh, in touch. He says, uh, I have a suggestion to help enforce compliance by NRL players with the COVID-19 restrictions and with community standards. I think what he's got in mind is what's been going on in lockdown in Brisbane. Uh, he says, all players should be fitted with collar bombs. What? Uh, it's a bit draconian. A collar, collar bomb could be fitted securely oh, yeah. to the necks of pl- all players. Uh, the latest technology could activate an explosion... If any player is, one, organising an unlawful gathering, <laughs> i.e. like the Dragons, two, violating any public health order, three, attempting to urinate bubbler style towards the collar, especially if a perfectly good urinal is available. He's thought it through, but it would be, I can see legal yeah, I can too. with this. I can too. And <clears throat> I'm not saying it wouldn't work. It probably would. Yeah. But, you know, we're a, how many an would, open society. How many would you have to let go to get the message through? Oh, yeah. See, you know, you might be able to have to, you'd say... Well, you'd... you'd four? Yeah. Four a year? Yeah, yeah. Couple off-season, couple in the early rounds. But then... Well, you might have a mega event, like like if the yeah. barbecue, if they all went off, you would have lost 13 then. That, that would have been a... Yeah, nightmare. Very well, nightmare for the club. Now, um, in that heat of the eights, did we get an idea of where Australia finished? Because... Uh, we were last. We were running last, but I didn't... Yeah, know, last. Didn't get, I think we came now, last. Just, but on the other hand... Sam Hardy and Josh Hicks, that's Hardy and Hicks. Yeah. They've won their heat in the men's pair. Isn't that fantastic? I was going to say, you know how we like to know the first team or people out of the games? Yeah. Could our eight be the first Australians out of the games? May well be. What a record that is. I I don't know what the rules of repercharge are with the eights. I know, very good question. There may be a repercharge. Now, Paul's been in touch. He says, uh, happy rugby league. Gents, I was helping a friend clean up an estate property recently. Mm-hmm. We opened an old suitcase and found 70 editions of Sporting Life. The earliest edition was from 1948, August of 1948, through to 1957. The covers featured the big conundrums concerning the people of the day, such as, how did Randy Turpin lick the world's greatest fighter? There's a stumper, isn't it? That is. I have no idea. I have no idea how Randy no. Turpin did it. What? Look over there. Whack. Yeah. Another cover was, uh, does a dope test prove anything? Wow. That's it's ahead of its time, isn't indeed, it? Indeed. And very timely to the games. Yep. It goes on. Other editions poses the questions, was Carbine lucky to win the 49 Melbourne yes, Cup? Yes, of course, of course he was. Of course he was. <laughs> As he says. You know, people are still talking about that. I know. We are. We are. Right now. <laughs> 
And please try to explain to to the listeners the lowdown, the dirt and the real story behind the featured feature entitled Great Little Men of the Ring. Now, there's a That's talking fantastic. point, isn't it? It is that you could... Just as... I reckon we'd need to do, just donate a Just as much currency today as, as it did in 1948. Yeah. Because we still have little men who are heroes in the ring. We do. And remember, of course, that special on the donkey circuit. That's coming up soon. Oh, uh, yes. 24-parter on the donkey oh, circuit. The donkey circuit, mm. yeah. Pity there wasn't a donkey circuit back in 48. Oh, there might have been. Now, Ryan from Kendall. Ryan, yeah. He says, I couldn't help but notice that when Jack Whiten was being interviewed after the third state of origin, instead of using the common phrase of clean sweep when referring to the missed opportunity of winning all three games, he instead used the phrase clean flush. <laughs> I wonder if this is an innocent slip of the tongue. There are, there are a few, few uh, correspondents who picked up on this. I must admit, it, 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 it well, alluded me. I, I don't yeah, think I was listening. Things. Or is it a glimpse into what he and the rest of the New South Wales team might have had in mind for celebrating the series win? Could what, we expect to see Jack Whiten as the next star of Love at First Flush? Yeah, or what they thought of the opposition. That's true too. Mm. That's true. But I know what he means. I know, I do. I you do. do want a clean flush. Mm. You want to be able to look back and just see... Pristine yeah. porcelain, don't yeah, you? That's right. That's you right. don't want to see any marks. Yeah. No, you don't want to see any dangerous floaters. That's right. And if that, this year's State of Origin series could be, if we were used to use the metaphor of the toilet, you'd have to say that stains were left in the bowl. <laughs> true that. It wasn't yeah. a clean flush. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, that's been very literate. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Dave's been in touch. He says... Uh, uh, I was thinking about what you were saying about how they're using crowd cheering effects now that there are no crowds. What do you think of, say, when, for example, St George run out, instead of using normal crowd oohs and ahs, they use a laugh track, kind of like they use oh. in Two and a Half Men? That's cruel, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But it would work. It would be I, entertaining. You know, we haven't talked about this this year, mm-hmm. but can I say I worry about now the crowd sounds? Yeah. Because... You're aware of it too much now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's right, that's right. And yeah. it's not accurate. No. It's not accurate. No. Well, it's it, very hard to get accuracy with crowd sounds. You know, they're pretty blunt instruments when you dial them up. You know, it's, it's usually just a volume thing. Really excited, not terribly excited, polite. You that's all you've got. You don't get nuance like... Uh, groans. You know, cut out pass and... Yes. And... Um, tunnel well, ball the ball, you know, take, et cetera, et cetera. Take that uh, the last night, I think it was, where two tries were called back because of obstruction. Yeah. Great jubilation. They're in, yes. The yeah, that's right. Going, oh, and then hours later, oh, comes back. They don't get that. They were shameful decisions, by the by. I know. Do you know, mate, Appalling. Gus, Gus Gould, he was really I angry. I know, he nearly... Really angry, really angry. I know, he's he was, really He's exploded. bought a couple of scales off a passing, bought a bit, a couple of scales off a passing type out. He was that angry. I know he was. Uh, now, this comes from Bernie. He says, happy rugby league. In referring to last week's bludge about putting together a rugby league camp to entertain board footballers with no trouser action, you did mention the Cleal brothers showing footballers how to do some pigging. Yeah, that's right. Mm. I've attached an article from the past newspaper regarding Crusher and the threat by the agricultural minister at the time <laughs> to ban the gentle form of pigging. The article, uh, as Crusher relates... Uh, will take the spirit of the bush away by banning the gentle art of pig-dogging, which uses fierce dogs to hunt down uh, wild pigs and corner them until a hunter arrives to slit the throat or shoot it. You may recall that 
I, I think you, you use two grabbers. Dogs. Ah, yes, that's right. They, it's a, it's, gra- they it's grab a, one ear each yeah, t- and force the pig down, I know, yeah. and then the next one comes in, you know, anyway. It's it's, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Crusher goes on to say he used to crash tackle the pig and stab them to death for football training. To quote Crusher, it's good clean fun for the kids and uh, it's getting rid of feral pigs. Uh, the Crusher getting in some rhyming poetry there. But what better way to keep bored footballers out of trouble and keeping them fit and take their minds off the, uh, the lack of downstairs action? As a sidelight, Crusher's other nickname was Labrador because he was always bludging on the blind side. Regards from Bernie. Now, yep. I, I think you know more about this than me, but the number mm-hmm. of feral pigs in Australia is astonishing. Millions, millions. It's millions. astonishing. And they do a lot of damage. Now, Enormous difficult, amount of damage. And we're not sure how to deal with them. No, we? we're not. And are they suggesting gene shearing the uh, some sort of? Uh, I think that that has been suggested. Mm-hmm. That has been suggested. To try and get the between numbers that down. and the cane toad, the North is really struggling. Mm-hmm. Really struggling. Mm-hmm. It'd be okay if the pigs ate the cane no. toads, but they don't. <laughs> they don't eat anything. But I know. Weird, isn't oh, it? Ah, it is weird. Uh, Chris has been in touch. Your search for a rugby league island off Queensland last week overlooked one obvious solution. Dunk Island, an island on the Great Barrier Reef south of Cairns, it has an airstrip and a dilapidated resort that could be thatched and have new flooring installed by resourceful players. The entire island was recently sold for $30 million. $30 million, a whole lot less than the $100 million the NRL is spending on hotels where they're getting rubbish food. You mean they, the NRL buy an island? Yeah, Dunk Island, that's what he's suggesting. I'm sure Volandis would make a reasonable offer to the new owners and use the spare change to redevelop the island, leaving the NRL with an asset rather than a liability at the end of the day. Yeah, no, that'd be that tremendous. makes absolute yeah, sense. I know, I know. Doesn't I know. it? I know. And Queensland has produced great, some of the great developers in Australia have come they from have, Queensland. They have, they have, they have, they have Mike without Gore, doubt. Gore, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, your White Brigade, they were great. Only rivaled by WA. Yes. Now, can I ask, how are you getting on with the hotel accommodation in the hub with these, uh, as mentioned in passing already today, the various teams who play each other in the same hotel in the build-up to the match on the same bus? Yeah. Going there. And the same bus, I mean. I know, I know. But if they had Dunk Island, some could be camped down one end. They could hide in the bush. Yeah, they could hide. And be resourceful. Yeah. Do a bit of thatching. Build your own village. Yeah. And then sell it at the end, you know, know. and make an absolute bloody profit. People would want to stay in a bloody thatched village built by the Broncos. (laughs) Wouldn't they? Uh, Now, sorry, just finally, Sam's been in touch. Uh, One story I do, (coughs) do not believe has received enough attention comes from a recent think piece in the Age newspaper, H.G., written by Wayne Campbell, a former Richmond oh, yeah, player. Yeah, footy player, yeah. Yeah. Campbell states that throughout a 20-year playing and coaching career, he didn't understand the holding the ball rule. No, I could believe that. He I only got that. his head around it when it was explained to him after he took over as AFL Director of Umpire. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. There seems to be two key points here. Firstly, one of the game's most respected players seems to have gone through almost... 300-game career without actually reading and understanding the rules and with no detriment to the quality of his play. Well, he wouldn't be alone in that area. Well, that's what he's suggesting. That's what Sam's suggesting. Secondly, the AFL appointed a director of umpiring that didn't know the rules of the game. That wouldn't be the first either. No. Well, he's baffled by this, and I must admit I am too. Is there an elegant way of explaining the hold-the-ball rule? 
not, not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, taking possession of the ball in AFL football is, uh, yes, uh, is you know something that you and I will probably stop seeing. In the yeah, area. true. Just finally, HG Duncan's been in touch. Oh, Duncan, this yes. is a very sober mm-hmm. correspondence. He says the uh, the deep intuitive connection between war and sport is etched in the Australian psyche. It's fitting that during the year in which the Australia in which Australia ended its twenty year war in Afghanistan, the Afghan men's cricket team is to tour here. At the end of the year, At the end I of think. the year, yeah, yeah. To mark this historic occasion, I suggest that the, the Australian War Museum mount a temporary exhibit for the test at Bellarive Oval with dioramas around the boundary of key battles and engagements. The rural and regional Anzacs might form a guard of honour for the visiting team. Well, he's thought this through and this is a lovely idea. It is a good idea. And, you know, because people don't have a clear idea of the... No. Involvement in the engagement over mm. twenty years. There yeah. must have been a lot of incidents, oh, and I've got. Been. I mean, look at the courts. I, know. <laughs> I mean, I must confess, I'm not an expert on this. No, so. nor me. Yeah, nor yeah, me. All just, I know is we were there for twenty years, and we we did a lot of bloody good stuff. <laughs> that's been very quickly wound back by the bloody Taliban. It I would know. seem. Yeah. Look, um, some of those things, solutions that are appropriate in Australia don't work so well in Afghanistan. That would be my only observation. That would be my observation as well, yes. Mm. We well, yes. do, they were great, the things we put in there. Yes. But they just... Do we know definitely whether the Taliban are going to allow, allow the cricketers to come? Do they have a view on cricket? I'm uncertain. Mm. Well, of course, I think uh, the foreign minister... Yes, uh, Maurice and def- Payne. And the Defence Minister, Spuddy Dutton. Yes. They're keen to get back into Afghanistan. Yes, to have a presence there. Yeah. So we can get the cricketers, I assume. Yes, I'd say that was To a- get to Bellarive by December. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. It's in Tasmania, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful choice of venue. Wonderful choice of venue. And in a late score, if we didn't give it to you already, Women's Softball, Canada 7, Australia 1. Predictably enough, Australia mm. lost. How to build a healthy community? Form a club. Build a clubhouse. Win matches. This is Bludging on the Blind Side on ABC Radio. Now, you know when we have uh, the Olympic Games, there's always well-meaning statements about why the money's well spent. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I thought we should, uh, given that we're just at the start of this adventure and we're mm. going so well, I'm not quite sure that we've won anything yet today, but it doesn't matter. You know, that'll no, Millman's in front, though, in the Millman's tennis. in front. In the tennis, yeah. Are I think 6-3 first, first set. Are you putting out the call to release your inner Millman? Yeah, I am. Now, mm. Chef de Michon... Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol revealed the cost of uh, landing the Australian team in Tokyo would be uh, where we are now is $22 million. Mm-hmm. Funded by the income from SOCOG, investment sponsorship, IOC subsidies proportional to the size of contingent and the team appeal which is supported by corporate Australia and state governments. Good. Now, it's an extra $2.4 million over budget to cover charters and health and wellbeing and the AOC has also rolled over our direct support to the athletes of two point five for 2021 which in, is addition costs to the team. Our athletes will inspire young and old Australians and by example deliver a message of perseverance and resilience isn't that gold in itself? Yeah, it's true. It's well, true. Hang on a minute. Well, actually, look, imagine you've got a budget of $22 million and you want to sell the message that kiddies should be fitter. Mm-hmm. Is there a better way of doing it than sending everyone to Tokyo? <laughs> it's hard to think of a better idea, isn't it? 
the, the, <laughs> other, the, other thing, the other thing I would ask is, has the coal man, uh, is the coal man prepared to underwrite the cost of the, uh, the Brisbane construction? <clears throat> Now that's a fascinating question because normally they do. Normally, yeah. normally. Now wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. The in the past mm. in bids for Olympic Games in yeah. Australia, it's largely the city with the approval of the federal government. Yes. Unfortunately, this time the federal government's decided to get into bed in with the organising of it. Ah, uh, so the federal government's half and half <clears> with <throat> the Brisbane, uh, with the state government of Brisbane. Fifty-fifty. Okay. And the city of Brisbane. Okay. Yep. Now that's just a recipe for disaster. Well. See, <clears throat> the. Um, yeah. Well, if we look at the submarines, for example, just rule of thumb, I think mm-hmm. the, rule of the the submarines were going to cost, what, $10 billion or something. I think it's now $50 billion. I know. So these I things know. can... Yes, yeah, startling. Startlingly mm. turn around very it, quickly. They so, can. So what do we imagine... Has a figure been given for the cost of the Brisbane Games each year at this stage from this they, far out? They do have a number of which uh, just uh, escapes yeah. me. It'll probably come in my, in my purview right. as we go. That's right. But now... But the rule of thumb is we can probably multiply that by 10. Uh, the rule of thumb is from other work in planning is mm. 26% year on year. Oh, God. So if they set it at $10 million yes. this year, it's 12.6 12 12 million next, next year. year and, then and then it's... It goes on and on like that. Now, and that's with inflation at virtually zero. I know, I know. It's just the things, you know, building materials, supply chains, solutions are different. Now, God Almighty, why can't we get Alan Kohler or someone to to (laughs) have a look at tease these figures? Who comes up with these figures? What backs of envelopes have been scribbled upon, and by whom? Well, in other planning issues, my rule of thumb is never announce a budget. No. Never announce a start time. Yeah. Never announce a completion date. Yep. Never announce what you're doing, and no one's disappointed. No, you're absolutely when you right. Come That's back. been the problem with the with the, with the vaccination rollout. Roll oh, of course, the we were told that we were, everyone was going to be done by six months ago. <laughs> no, I know. Now we got everybody in lockdown. Even yeah. more people than ever in lockdown. Now, okay. Bogok, Bogok, the, yeah. the Brisbane Olympic Games organising committee. committee. Yeah, yeah. Bogok. Yep. Now. Can I ask, mm-hmm. where do you think it's wise that the murderer get involved with this? Uh, I mean, obviously he's uh, been able to do things to the AFL, which the AFL were yeah. completely unaware of. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, with Volandis there and Peter Beattie, mm. I mean, I, I see them as operating. Well, Peter Beattie's used to dealing with big figures. I mean, yes. he's run the state, hasn't he? And very successfully run yeah, the state of Queensland. True. True. Which is uh, and he got that Gold Coast uh, Comic Games away, which was brilliant. Yeah, it was I, I, very. Well, I mean, sure, there were a few ticketing issues, yeah, but yeah. there always are. Yeah, and a few people disappointed because <laughs> everybody left town, but they they always do. But that. They always do. Mm-hmm. You know, you you just got to factor that in. I'm happy with the name Beatty there for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. I'd be happy with the name Volandis there because well, I don't it, it, you know it may we cost know. a little bit more than it should. Yeah, but we know the thing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, kicking and screaming over mm-hmm. the line, he'll mm-hmm. get it there. Mm-hmm. So those two I'm happy with. McLaughlin, less so. Can I point out that I'm not giving McLaughlin a primary role. I'm giving him a mm-hmm. uh, ambassadorial role, if you like, to sit above oh. the machinations of Beatty and Volandis. So he's not sitting on the board of Bocog. He'll have to be on the board of Bocog as a sort of like ex officio, like, he, you know, right. taking on the imprimatur of, you know, not fighting in the back rooms anymore because, let's face sure. it, you know, he kills too many people. Sure. Uh, and sitting above it, yes. doing the sort of things that, John Coates would have done yes. if he had had any sort of thought. Right. Okay. Okay. So 
Coates is on Bocog, obviously. Well, yeah, that's his swan song, I think. He's, yeah. he's, he's going out on, uh, you know, obviously. Um, yeah, okay. Um, Bogok. Right. Okay. Well, it's great having His Excellency there because His Excellency John Coates will draw the best, mm-hmm. our finest, mm-hmm. our finest financial brains. Is that how it's going to work? I think so. I think so. You know, for instance, do you think. I'm quite sure who they'd be. Um, oh, well. Tweaky Forest would, uh, or, or Palmer. Or well, Clive, Palmer, Clive Palmer, Palmer would be the sort he, of person he'd be the sort of person at. who'd. Yeah, really. He, look, he knows. Brisbane. Brisbane. He knows Queensland. Bob Catter. Bob Catter Bob and Clive Catter Palmer. knows the North. He does. He could be a good mouthpiece. Tight fit. For, for the North of Queensland, mm-hmm. how the North can be part of what appears to be mainly a southeastern Queensland thing. Correct, correct. <clears throat> and I think the other thing is, um, you know, if, you know, somebody has to rise above it for media reasons yeah. and, uh, you know, to answer questions like, uh, well, Gil, you know, where will the road race be? And oh, yes. Say, well, I'll have to ask, you know, <clears throat> Freddie who's working on the road race map. Yes. And I'll get back to you on that, that sort of thing. He'll be able to do that excellent. publicity spokesperson. Uh, sp- yes. Uh, Are you suggesting uh, Clive could do that? No, I'm not for one minute. Clive's your money man, <laughs> hacking away in the back rooms trying to find money. Okay. You don't want Clive to anywhere near publicity. He gets it wrong. No, Look what he did no. with Izzy Falau's return. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so who would take on this role of PR? Well, that's McLaughlin as a sort of a – I'm creating a new position oh, here. Ah, okay. As, as the – I was yeah. going to use the rats, isn't quite the right word. Mm. But the, the wheels are turning. Yes. We've got Beatty on one end of the wheel. We've got Volanders on the other end of the wheel. Sure. We're looking at, you know, holding the bag with the money in it is Clive Palmer who doles it out. Yes. And puts okay. a bit in the trouser as it goes through. Sure. <laughs> sure. over the top, the face of the Olympic Games, Gillam McLaughlin. Gillam McLaughlin. Because that's all he is in the AFL apart from his <clears throat> excellent work with the bloodstone putty knife. Yes. Oh, okay. So, uh, so at press conferences. Gill. Yeah, there'd be, you know, how are the stadium, how, how are they proceeding, sir? And Gillen would take over, would he? He'd say, well, at this stage, we're the You're right on track. 75% of the infrastructure is in, you know, 25% of its potential. And we're hoping that um, in, time, in time, our horizon target will, be will come through faster than the horizon, et cetera, et cetera. Is Do you want the, the job yourself, Roy? That, is that the sort of thing That's you're exactly talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Right. You know, I, yeah, well, I, he'd I, be I, perfect for that. Thanks no, very much. No, you're absolutely right. Thanks very much. Yes. No, no, it's an inspired get. Because yep. he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to get the squeak hammer out in the back rooms and say, "Get on with the Clive." No, he can't do that anymore. He's impotent no. in that no, area. No, no, no. That, that's right. And it would, and and Volanders would be the bloke with the hard hat down, oh, yeah, uh, down there with the engineers, saying, "Well, what the bloody yeah, are you doing get here? Like you guys, you're how the... much concrete have you ordered? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where's the reinforcement? <laughs> that's not going to stay up." <laughs> Footy coaches are the big raps coming your way this season. You don't know what to do with all those feathers? Why not slip into a pair of Blandy slacks? Now available in your shade of brown, but only from bludging on the blind side. 
dodging Armageddon. Roy, in Japan, I know you've set aside some valuable time to take your gaze away from the sport itself and the medals and the avalanche of Aussie gold to get cricket onto the Olympic agenda at last. The model I have is to have a gold medal for test match cricket. I think people would love that, but I think players these days will be able to rise to the challenge and play two or three test matches a day. Dodging Armageddon. ABC Sport Digital Radio and on the ABC Listen app. And just a quick uh, gaze ahead. We've got the road race underway at the moment. It's uh, oh, got a fair way to go yet. Time to get a bet on. And in the swimming today, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, heats. Uh, Bruce will be very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the featured events, uh, well, the uh, heats are the 400 metres individual medley. Good. Australians obviously participating. Women's 100 metres butterfly. Mm-hmm. Men's 400 metres freestyle. Women's 400 metres individual medley. And men's 100 metres yeah. breast, uh, breaststroke. I don't think we've got anyone in the 400 metres women's individual medley. Are they suggesting we do? I think someone pulled out. Oh, no. Yeah. To, fo- oh, to, to focus on the, the backstroke. Yes. McKeon. McKeon, yeah. Yes. I think she withdrew from that event. Now, the 4 by 100 metres freestyle relay, <clears throat> now, this is a, that's a, an event which we are thinking of gold. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, in a lot of these, we're thinking we're gold. We're thinking gold, obviously, yes. Now, um... Five billion, Jim says, the... Uh, is that right, though, five billion? I think five – this is for the, the costing for the Brisbane Games. It just seems a bit light for me, does it? I mean, it's, it's not going to be one of these boutique things where hardly anybody comes. <laughs> five billion, I mean. You know, I mean, how much – I mean, if you, it costs a hundred million to keep, you know, a few rugby league players. North of the Tweed. North of the Tweed. I mean, five billion seems very yeah. light. Can I ask where the village is? I have no idea. No, no just no, no, mention the village. No, Brisbane, no. Yeah, I have no and, idea. I mean, imagine cricket. Who's got that contract? Well, imagine cricket and rugby league on the on the yeah. agenda. Yes. And the village. I mean, that's an awful lot of people you've got to put up in a... It is, isn't it? In a high-rise. Yeah. I'd be suggesting a whole new suburb. Yeah. A, that's what they did for the Melbourne Games. Yeah. They built yeah. a new suburb but, out there. A bit out. like Newington, which oh, was perfect, done in Sydney, yeah. which was perfect and brilliant. But, but I think a, a dedicated... Athlete suburb would be a great idea. You know what gave me the shits just the other day what? was that the chef de mission and so on, yeah. they had a press conference and they said that the village in Tokyo, mm. which mm. we've seen and we think it's rubbish, it is rubbish, was better than Newington. I vomited it. Yeah. I, it was just apoplectic. Yeah, yeah. That's the sort of diplomatic speech that drives people nuts. <laughs> I mean, you just, I mean, the, the Japanese appreciate honesty. They do. You know, do. when I got them aside later on and explained sure. how terrific Newington was and the sort of prices people were getting for Newington, they couldn't believe it. I said, oh. no, mate, what you've got here is... Second rate. You wouldn't wipe yourself with it. He said, wipe what? And that's when things got a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of building things, which we are, the <clears throat> centre of rugby league resilience mm. uh, being built at uh, what I call Lotto Land... Oh, yes. Uh, the Manly and Northern Beaches Council have begun formal talks about naming and renaming grandstands. I uh, hate that. Uh, what they describe here is four points per... Oh, Lord, why isn't it still Lotto Land? Yeah. Even if... I, sure, I understand. I was just getting used to it. I love Lotto Land. Lotto what, Lotto what happened to that? Well... That, what are they calling it now? Four Points Park. Four Points Park? Oh, man, that's not going to work. 
Anyway, they, <clears throat> they've centred around uh, the renaming of existing grandstand at the southern end of the Brookvale, known as the Fulton Menzies Stand, mm-hmm. after the great uh, Steve Menzies and Cliff Lyons. They're naming the Fulton Menzies Stand, renaming it. Mm-hmm. It also would be known as the Menzies Lions Stand. Changing the name would then allow the club and council to rename the 3,000-seat stand at the northern end of Brookvale after Seagull's immortal Bob Fulton, who recently got a state funeral, which, you know, there was not a dry eye in the house, honestly, mm-hmm. yep. when the parrot got up and sounded off about you know, oh, what it meant to him. Mm, what it meant to him. Yep. Um, now, yeah. uh, now, that would be known as the Bob Fulton Grandstand, the BFG. Mm-hmm. The Fulton Stand would be part of the new 36 million. See, 36 million. 36 and million. They're talking about five billion. One stand. Billion. Oh, they're five billion. They're way off. They're way off, aren't they? I know. Can they yeah. really do that? For, how much did you say? 36 million. And that's... Fully costed? No, I would say that your initial. You think cost, they could get a stand up for thirty six million? Can't, I don't you think can't, you can. You not can't. these days. Well, it's called. It's a centre of excellence and resilience. I mean, you no. might be able to get a. You're a just going to break. You break the ground for thirty six. Exactly, million. but you know, this is excellence and resilience we're talking about. Yes, here. very not. Uh, what would you call it? Not cheap <clears> at all. Yeah. It's unknown who the council will name the Centre of Excellence afterwards, after. That's the whole shebang. Right. When it opens in November. Construction may be, oh, construction may be delayed. Of course it'll be delayed. Uh, they hope to have the stands up for the first game in 2022. If they need to do something about the playing surface out there. Now, aren't they overlooking greats? For instance, Fatty Vorton. Yes. You know? Yes. Fatty Vorton held that club together, carried it on its back for years. He People did. forget that. Very funny bloke. Yes. Uh, had a great wit and gag about him, you know. Yeah. What about the Des Hasler Centre for Excellence, Centre of Excellence? And Resilience. And Resilience. Because no one's more resilient than Des. Than Des. No one's done more than Des. And then you get the stars. Both as a player. I mean, he wasn't a great player, but he was. he could fill in any position. <laughs> you know, he wouldn't let you down. If he was a prop. Oh, I don't think he ever played prop, but he might have played uh, a couple of times and certainly 5'8 and certainly halfback and certainly centre. Can might I? have seen him on the wing one or two times or, and or fullback. Okay. You know, it depended. I mean, he's a sort of dependable bloke who wouldn't let you down. He wasn't great, but, but he wasn't going to let you down. Yeah, now, now, as a coach, I think he's won a couple of flags with the he, team. He, he left the team for a little while when he did, did something with the Bulldogs. Yeah. Oh, now he's was, come back. Yeah. He's unearthed the Trebojevic brothers. Uh, unearthed. You know, mm. Turbo Tom would have been nothing without Dez. Mm. What now, about the Turbo Tom stand? Well, that's looking to the future, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Can I name a couple of other names? Just want to throw them in the mix. Yes. Les Boyd. Yes, Les uh, Boyd. You got something for the older. Yeah. Ray and, Brown. Ray Brown. And can I point out, and this is controversial, well, I understand the, this. The, yeah, the Brown Boyd stand's not bad. Oh, that's going very good. Hmm. Uh, now, look, can I just I want to put the name out there because he did more to establish rugby league as a hmm. go-to must-have fun sport hmm. than anybody else in the history of the game, and that's John Obawali. Yes, uh, you know the Hopewadi stand. Yeah, the Hopewadi where you're sitting, and you've got the, the kids following through. I mean, I know the kids are trailing. There'll in, come right? a time when when some of those kids will end up at Manly, and might be the next generation with the yeah, uh, it could know, even be the next generation. The the uh, granddad, yes, coming down to open the stand and snip the ribbon. That's what about Jeff Tuvey? Jeff Tuvey, gosh. See, Jeff Tuvey's done an enormous amount, yeah. hasn't he? He coached the team there for a time. I mean, uh, so, I mean a very durable. Halfback there for many years mm. was mm. Tooves. Do you think um, you know looking lifting the gaze again towards the uh, the Olympics in twenty thirty two? You know they're going to rebuild the Gabba, obviously, and yes. make it a hundred thousand seater. That's right. And they're going to do that for five billion. 
they haven't got a hope. Oh, well, I don't think they've got a hope. I, I, I mean, I've, I've been uh, invited to act as a consultant with the redevelopment of the Gabba issue, which I'm happy to do because I love the Gabba. I've, you know, I've had... Many happy nights. Many happy yeah. experiences We've seen every sort of uh, sport there, you know. We have, we have. I've, I've played on the Gabba. I've, 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 you know, the Gabba goes right back for me. Uh, I, can remember, I can remember when it was just a dust bowl, basically, mm-hmm. you know. They didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know what to do with it, no. So I, I'm, I haven't submitted my fee, though, yet. Um, Does that worry them at all? Well, nobody seemed worried because yeah. I said to them, do you, do you want me to put an invoice Put in? an invoice and they it, said, no, 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 we'll worry about that later. Or, no, 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 you just come along and do it. And who? And charge us what you like. Was that, was that Clive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, can, so, can you – I know we're in Japan, so no one will yeah, hear this. Nah. What, what sort of figure are you looking at? You don't have to be exact. Well, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't get out of the car near the Gabba for under a million. There's a new noise in rugby league cheese this season. Try the creamy Tamalolo Brie or the fruity Kronk Gorgonzola. From the master Melbourne cheesemaker, Jesse Bromwich. Details at your nearest league cheddar outlet on Bludging on the Blind Side. Hello, this is Andrew Moore. Happy Rugby League. Happy Olympics. Coming up straight after Bludging on the Armageddon. What? Oh, sorry. Coming up right after Dodging the Blind Side. Oh, what day is it? Saturday. Sorry. Coming up straight after bludging on the blind side, we have eight wonderful hours of Grandstand Rugby League featuring three games. Luke Lewis and Michael Karianis will join me in the nearby boardroom to call the three o'clock game between South Sydney and the Warriors. At 5.30, Manly takes on West's Tigers. And finally, Penrith plays Brisbane. On the pre-game show, we'll speak with British Rugby League legend Gary Schofield about the Kangaroos and Kiwis pulling out of the World Cup. And Sydney Roosters halfback Sam Walker to join us a little later. Grandstand Rugby League, straight after Roy and HD finish this show. Bludging on the blind side. Yes, Roy, just quickly on the World Cup, the Rugby League World Cup, mm-hmm. Australia and New Zealand pulling out, it's, it's sent shockwaves around the world, hasn't it? It certainly has. And, and it's people really are across, robbed of spectacle, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, across, people across. Yeah. And yeah. think that... Australian yeah. Rugby League is now com- rightly considered a joke. A joke, yeah. But it's a great opportunity for other teams to step no, up. No, that's right. Yeah. I suggested Sweden and uh, Denmark. Oh, Sweden and Denmark, Because yes. our correspondents have indicated that's how right, great... That they're ready to go. Yeah. Now... And the Dutch Rugby League too, HG. That's, that's coming that's not to be underestimated, yeah. No. And again, like my dream, I, I can, you know, I can see, um, you know, obviously Iceland getting a team together. Yes, and. Yes. With uh, Carlos Smith and going back to his spiritual home, you know, I mean, coaching would be a yes. national coach would be a great, great feather in his cap. Certainly would. Now, can I ask about, uh, pro, you know, what I call it, the progress of these games with Australia just on based on this morning's results? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think our rowing's looking in trouble. It does, doesn't it? I had high hopes for our so rowing. So did I. Our women's eights, I thought, were going to be world beaters. No. The other thing is the men's hockey's holding it together. Yes. But the softball looks as though... Softball doesn't look very good at all. We need a root and branch examination already, uh, don't we? Would you... And maybe it's got to be better resourced, could I suggest? I'm quite happy to act as a consultant for um, for our softball, softball and, is it, and our rowing. Do you think we need quicker boats? 
Is it a technology, it, technological Well, I, I don't sort of know thing? yet. I, I don't know what's happening with boat, yeah, no, boat design know. in Australia. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, uh, a next generation of Ben Lexons mm-hmm. who's going to um, have a look. Have a look, yeah. But that's something I'll, once, once I'm taken on as a consultant, that's something I'll inquire about. Yeah. Now, swimming, though, on the other hand, does look very, very promising, doesn't it? It I mean, does. Uh, I think we've got that poll going. Is this our best swim team ever? Just yes or no? Yes. There are at least six individual events, the men's 100 uh, free, the women's 100 and 200 backstroke, the women's 200 and 400 free, mm-hmm. the women's 200 IM, although yeah. that's the one you were worried about, isn't it? Uh, where Australia and US will be fighting each other for gold. Now, that's quite a lot there. They think um, that uh, we could... Get maybe up to six gold, yeah, at least six yeah, gold. Yep, yep, easily. Um, yep. And so this would uh, be certainly quite an achievement. <laughs> I think the best ever was in Melbourne, wasn't it? Yeah. Where they got up to eight. Yes. Uh, and so I, I don't yeah. know quite how this is going to play out in the pool. You, I mean, I think it's a very quick pool. It is. It is. Um, you said that when you had a swim. Yeah, I, I saw just, you as you got out. Yeah. I was shocked at the time. Yeah, I put and how quick it was. Yeah, I, and then because you broke thirty seconds for the fifty, and I you haven't done that in ages. Uh, no, I haven't. And I've got to be honest. Here. I've got to be honest. Here. When I saw that, <laughs> I, I thought I was in disbelief. Well, the thing I said, about, "What's going on with this clock?" Yeah, thanks very much. Exactly <laughs> the thing that I thought. Of. What yeah, is and you'd imagine that one thing the Japanese would get right would be it's their timing. clocks, yeah. their timing. Yeah. But I think their timing's all over the shop. I haven't said anything yet. Because you want to see it in performance conditions, don't you? Well, it doesn't. And it doesn't. My watch has got their a sweet watches hand. don't. Yeah, yeah. And you take very good time. Well, I tried it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, uh, did you have any more scores there, or no? I no, don't. Right. But I do have a question. If we're going to another, ah, well, very good, very wisely spotted. Okay, it's a poster pack <laughs> yes. featuring two, uh, well, relatively. Roy and HG flavoured posters, Good. the Dream and the Cream. Good. Uh, so that's the Rugby Union World Cup and, of course, obviously the original and the best uh, Roy and HG show, the Dream at Sydney Olympics. And yes. Dennis Canahan's Rugby League, A Decade of Big Hits. It's a CD with nine bonus tracks. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? He only put it out with 11. Mm-hmm. And then he thought, oh, and i got a bit of stuff here. We'll, uh, the nine begin with the Carmichael Hunt song, Ennis the Menace, yes. The Boys from Balmain, Goodbye Hindy, Raging Bull, Boring in Melbourne, how how are my maroons, etc. On and on it goes. Uh-huh. So it's a great, great prize for some lucky listener who can answer the following question. Yeah, just before I get there, HG, there's someone who's suggesting the Gabba can be redeveloped for $85 million. Uh, I just, where do they get these figures from? I know, I know. Well, you know, sure, taking down the goalposts, putting in the running track, it's not going to, you're not going to rapidly or, you know, be able to expand the number of people sitting in it. Uh, for that sort of money. It just doesn't work like that. I don't think so. I mean, just getting the... Um, getting the... Uh, Bit of the, scaffolding up the, on the... The crossbar and all of that down. It's that's not, that costs... Thousands. Know, thousands. You've got to get a truck in. You've got to... I mean... Crane. Yep. People who are skilled riggers climbing yeah, up there to unbolt yeah, people, it. Jerry pickers. You need people who know what they're doing. <laughs> You know, the days of a working bee to support the Olympics are long They're gone. They're gone. They're long gone. Long gone. I mean, you, you, I mean, you just can't turn up with your trowel. I know. Like you could in 56. I tell you what. People would turn up with their trowels with a theodolite, line, with a set square, with a level. Set of and say, where, where do you want me? Yeah, I know. I'm here to help. You know the bloke who wrote People's Places and Cheese? That's yes. what he used to do. He did. Turn up on the weekend with That's a spade right. and... Shovel and right. just pitch in and say, I'm ready to help. Where do you want me? Yeah. I'm now, quite happy to dig. Roy, what's the question? Question is, uh, what phrase did Jack Whiten use 
instead of clean sweep. What sport single-handedly turned Gallipoli from a loss into a win? Rugby League. Celebrated here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, who are we talking to? Yeah, we're joined by Justin from Tumbarumba. Happy Rugby League, Justin. Happy, happy Rugby League, Roy and HG. Yep. Happy now, uh, now listen. The uh, the opening ceremony. Did you get a chance to see it? Oh, I was um, diddled by the by the COVID because we bought a TV thirteen months ago through the post. Yeah. And uh, it went on a blink last week. Oh no! And I don't know who to go and see <laughs> to repair it, and we missed the we we missed the opening. My oh. wife loves the Olympics. Yes. Now, yeah. how far to, if you had to drive it somewhere from your uh, part of the woods? How far would you oh. have to drive to get somebody who might be able to repair a TV? Would you find somebody in Tumut? Well, I think that could be it. Well, I'm thinking maybe close of Wagga. Yeah, yeah, you might. Any all around. the uh, home appliance shops in Tumut have closed now due to lack of business. Yeah. <clears throat> look, Dad. if you had a look at the TV yourself, if you're taking the back off and... Well, I watched a, I watched a um, YouTube instructional video. Good. yep. There was an Indian gentleman, and I couldn't understand what he was saying, but he was good enough to put subtitles on. Good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, I don't, don't know what he did. He just got a, got a paintbrush out and brushed some dust off something, but I'd end up with a pile of plastic and screws if I did that. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Look... I, I would recommend taking the back off and just uh, tapping a few things here and there. and Ball paint hammer? Yes. No, 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 no. Use a pencil, oh. just just a pencil, okay. a, you know, an HB pencil, and just tap yep. everything very, very lightly Then put the back well, back on and then yep. plug it in and turn it on, and I'm pretty sure it'll work. Oh, I hope so, because... Because um, you can't miss out on the games. Olympics. I mean... No. The is, thing is, is it legal to drive to Wagga at the moment? I suppose it is. Oh, you can pretty much do anything around here as long as you've got a mask on. Yeah, good. Now, uh, the people you bought it from, the, how did you get onto them? Were they a well, reputable brand? was through brand? the internet. I think it was. Oh, you got through yeah, the internet? No, no, no. It was, uh, it was actually, uh, well, my wife, she does um, tries to do local business as much as she can, and it was my birthday, and she just went up to the post office and ordered it in the mail from, they were selling it sort of. The post office one site. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've got to do everything now because the banks have pulled out. Well, that, the well that's true. The are pulled out. I didn't well, realise. No, oh, well, well, you, you, you can buy televisions at the post office now. It's not a post oh. office brand, is it? Well, <laughs> I, I've never heard of it. It's a, it's a, I don't want to say the brand on the ABC, but I tell you, I wouldn't be doing them any favours because it didn't work for very long. Right. Oh, well, no. they, they do get some unusual brands in at the post office. Yeah. Do, you know yeah. the, do you know the people at the post office? Yeah, they're very nice people. I've um, done a bit of work for them, so it all evens out pretty much. Well, I'd go back and say, look, you know. I'd take the TV back to the post office. Yeah, and ask, have you got a post office, you know, in the post office here, you must have repair people who do things. Have they got a HB pencil and could they take the back off and just tap (laughs) on everything a tap and then put the back back on? I shouldn't have to do the HB pencil, should I? No, that's true. I'm pretty sure the post office will supply you with a HB pencil. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not the... armed with that sort of information. That's yeah. great, actually. Okay, well, you've got, you got, uh, you got two two uh, plans there. One is take the back off, get the pencil out and do it yourself. Yep. Secondly, if that doesn't work, screw it back up, take it down to the post office and say, Where, where's your uh, where's your techo? Yeah, 
or yeah. you could exchange it because I'm pretty sure this, oh. from the way you're uh, telling it. What about the fine print, HG? Well, we'll worry oh, about yeah, that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I reckon. Have plan four. I reckon that they would have an exchange arrangement and they you wouldn't be the first. You wouldn't be the first uh, to bring well, in a busted right. TV. Into the post I office. You see queues of people outside the post office all lugging. with lugging <laughs> bloody television sets. <laughs> That's what you do. It'd be good to bog in. It's going to snow here soon. Now, Justin, let Roy set out the question and have a swing at it. Uh, now, Justin, what phrase did Jack Whiten refer, use instead of the term clean sweep? Like any good rugby league player, he got back to the toilet and said, clean flush. Absolutely right, Justin. So the poster pack and the Dennis Canahan's Rugby League, a decade of hits plus nine bonus tracks, they'll be all too... Well, let's face it, I was going to say as soon as the post office can get around, you know, to sending them to you, but I'd get the TV out of the road before the post office get hold of your pack. Your parcel is coming in to... Unless the bloke who delivers it knows how to fix the telly. A separate problem. (laughs) Yes, okay. In the meantime, (laughs) thanks very much for bludgeon on the blind side. This is Rugby League Awareness Week. There are league-related activities across Australia. Pull on the boots, pull up the pants and get involved with bludging on the blind side. And, Roy, just before we finish up on the bludge here in Tokyo, just a quick reminder of our companion program, uh, Dodging Armageddon, which is on every day, uh, except Saturdays, predictably enough, where we're back on the bludge. uh, So tomorrow the people will be able to get it digitally, I suppose. They get it digitally and on the podcast. On the podcast. And uh, generally speaking, uh, Monday to Friday, it's heard 3 o'clock or thereabouts. On Eastern uh, Summer, or Eastern Standard Time. Yes, that's right, across Australia in various spots. So uh, we'll swing back onto uh, Dodge and uh, come back next Saturday with the more bludging from Tokyo. It's been great though, Roy, so far. Oh, it has been terrific. Uh, Now, the Quade Cooper, should he be given citizenship, uh, 23 people say he should... 22 say he shouldn't. Do you want to run that next week as well? Yeah, why don't, why don't we just keep it open all week? week. Yeah. <laughs> and are you are you thinking that it may involve, say, somebody in home affairs now? <laughs> well, it would. Ultimately, the immigration department would certainly be involved. But well, I tell you what I'm surprised are by you... with this poll, HG, is how, how excited and interested Australians are about this. Yes, I this. know. And are you thinking... That's, that's 45 people have taken, taken the trouble to, to, to text in. Yeah. You know, and that's just in two hours. It's incredible. Incredible. That's, if the census can run at that rate, we'll be <laughs> saved. Um, now, are you suggesting if he's not mm. Australian, what, what should happen? Because obviously New Zealand don't want him. Does he end up on Manus Island or something? Well, I don't know. I think he can go to New Zealand and get work and walk around the streets as an ordinary citizen. I assume so. He could probably even vote in their elections. I assume right. so. Right, but he doesn't have a passport or a ticket as in on New Zealand. Well, well, he does have a passport, but it's a New Zealand passport. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty sure. I don't think he's got an Australian oh, passport because okay. he's got to be an Australian citizen. Mm. And he has mm. travelled overseas with the Wallabies. You'd think one of the players who were with him would have said, Quaid, yeah, what are you doing rubbish? with that? I know, I know. Anyway. And uh, looking at highlights you're looking forward to, obviously, I oh, think the swimming. swimming. Swimming, yeah. Swimming. Yeah. And the... the um, swimming. It's a swimming... And I want to look at the opening ceremony again. I taped it. Yeah. Just to take on board 
Bruce and Joe in his commentary as much it's as anything else. Yeah. yeah. I that might just turn the pictures Im- down. image down and <laughs> the sound. <laughs> Uh, and uh, just the uh, we've got uh, <clears throat> Taekwondo underway at the moment, and I can't read the numbers, but it looks like Thailand is well twenty, and Australia's just six. I don't know what that means in this sport. I should know that, but yeah, I uh, don't know. But I, sadly, I'd rather be twenty than six. I think that's how I'd read it too. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's it for the bludge, the first bludge from uh, Tokyo. And uh, look, enjoy, enjoy the rest of the Olympic Games, and enjoy your rugby league. Uh, in the meantime, all the best to Australians here, Australians going for gold here, doing the nation proud and bringing back, you know, something worth more than gold. Whatever that means, we'll unravel that next week. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.